Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Uh, what do we do if we have a bunch of questions that we have to answer all in one show? Uh, we blitz through some kind of grab bag. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who's full of Christmas cheer, Phil. And I am your other host who is full of, I don't know, also Christmas cheer? I mean, you can. That wasn't exclusive. I'll take take winter solstice. I'm a fan of that holiday. Um, sure. I'm, I am full of winter holiday cheer, just generalized. There you go. That's lovely. That's lovely. And that's not to exclude anybody else who's celebrating anything during these lovely holiday times. You can be full of your own cheer as well. Um, and we're full of your cheer as well. Like we're just full of cheer. I love this time of year. It's even, a nice time of year. Even pandemic time. I love this even time of year. Even pandemic. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I got, I got lots of presents wrapped. They're all very pretty. They all match because this is me we're talking about we're, we talk about that in the after show yep stopping now yeah it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine um but otherwise um once again uh we're back um in these covid times um although looking brighter um as uh word of vaccines and things like that are are coming about but hey, yeah um, you and i even know someone who has now gotten the vaccine i know i saw that oh. today that makes me so happy. That makes me happy, too. <laughs> um, anyway, um, it is the holiday season, and uh, we didn't have a single topic, and we put a call out for topics, and all of a sudden, it got really good. So then we were like, cool, we'll do another grab bag. So um, here we are. We're going to answer... Uh, actually, we have, a, we have a topic that you suggested, mm-hmm. a question that somebody brought up, and... Um, because it is the holiday season, it is time to talk about a little Ditch Lily trivia. Um, and in this case, we have to make good on our, our Twitter threat. (laughs) Yes. People were, people were excited to hear about the Ditch Lily Christmas album. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas albums and I mean, of course, um, yeah, is always at least one or two tracks are in my, um, Christmas mixes every year. Yes. Okay. Anyway, we should get started. Um, and you should. You had a very cool topical um, topic, topical topic. Um, we're, we're, we're like on it tonight. We are professional. Killing it. Do not, <laughs> do not underestimate our professionalism. Um, <laughs> tell me um, what your topic was. Um, so uh, one of the things that it's fun to think about, and, and this is, not exactly necessarily new information, but if you're going to give your GM, if you are a player, or as a uh, GM, give your players a gift that is not a physical object. Correct. Right? What are the gifts that you can give each other in a game that just make everything better? Yeah. 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 Um, I thought, you know, we can do this really quick um, and we could do it in the way that we normally do, which is we can each take uh, one side of the uh, topic. Um, I could do the GM side. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Oh, me. all right. You want to do it right now? Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do it. All right. So as a GM, <laughs> the kind of gifts that you can give players, I'm just going to, I'll name a couple of them. 
um, because I think they're just they're fun uh, little things you can do for players. So uh, I think one cool gift that you can give a player is um, to pull something out of their backstory. Uh, and the and, and if it's a little more obscure, the better. So what you're basically doing with this is um, you are showing the player uh, that you took the care to um, reread their backstory or go through your notes from when you, you know, when you guys worked up your, you know, your session zero and you were working up your character uh, and taking a little bit of that and putting it into your current game. Right. Because that's that's a little gift to the player, because then the player um, and we've talked about this so many times where yeah, um, yeah. when you put something in a backstory and then it gets incorporated, that completes a loop. Right. And we like loops because we're, we like loops. Yes. But also as sitting there as a player, like that's your GM giving you a gift. They have given you the gift of time, um, the thinking through the entire thing and the energy to get it in there and wrap it into their story. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think another one that um, that falls along similar line, right? Because they're all going to fall along this this kind of general yeah, yeah, line. Yeah. Um, another one that I think is really good is if you uh, do a callback of something that a character really liked in a previous uh, session, like something like an NPC. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're in a faraway town or whatever. And, um, you know, they're particularly fond of... I don't know, a traveling merchant or, a, you know, a um, absent-minded wizard or something like whatever it is, whatever the NPC is, you know, find a way to work it into the scene so that, you know, um, as they're, you know, going through town, collecting information on what's going on, like all of a sudden, you know, it's the wizard, like, you know, and then you, you get to have a scene with them, right? Because that's like, because that's the gift. The gift is bringing their, like one of their favorite NPCs into a current session and then having um, a little one-on-one interaction with their with their favorite NPC. So I think that's yeah. also a um, I think that's also a neat gift. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the other one that you can do, um, and this one's tricky because the other two that I named you can easily do for everybody in the party in in the course of a session. Like it, it wouldn't be hard to you know pull that in in a session for everybody. Uh, this next one's a little harder, um, but you can um, you can spotlight. A character now you could spotlight a character in a scene and that's okay but like spotlighting them for an adventure like a, a story can be really fun like uh and and i you know and i don't and i've done this in many games where you know i will do a story that'll last a session or two and it's primarily about one character in the group and the other characters are kind of like in more of a supporting they're they're not cast out they're like in a supporting role like yeah we go to the fighter's hometown yeah, yeah. Right. And this story is going to be very much about the fighter. Yeah. But the rest of the party's of, there to, to, to help. To, yeah. yeah. And they'll like do things and explore things. Yeah, and stuff, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's an inevitability about like some 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 of this ends up being really focused around it. I will just say super quickly, if you're not listening to Campaign Skyjacks, that um, actual play podcast is a beautiful example of doing one arc per player, mm-hmm. um, not eliminating the other players from the game in any way, shape or form, keeping them really involved and entertaining, but having sort of that focus point be about a specific person's sort of place in the world yep very cool that may be a future topic for us or for misdirected mark at some point about how to structure those kinds of games because there is a um there is a little balance of making it um feel very focused on the character without isolating yeah, the rest of the party the because otherwise um it's very boring for everyone else all right so those yeah, are otherwise my, it's not really gift those are my else. three gifts um <laughs> 
And they are all basically uh, things that you can point at a player that kind of give, um, like they make the player feel good because you're engaging them with either their past, their favorite NPC, or a story that's a, that's about them. Yeah. All right. What what do you got from the flip side of that? What can yeah, a, what can so a player give? A, what can a player give a GM? And this is all stuff that we have talked about before, but it is stuff that I just, as a GM, it's like my favorite stuff for players to give me, right? Um, so the first one, and this is just something we rant about all the time, right? But like, take the hook. So like, be nice and, you know, just give your GM the the the, the gift of jumping into the adventure and not making them work really hard to get you to go on the adventure that you said you wanted to be there for. Um, so like, take the bait, take the hook. And, and and go in and go all in on that adventure and it will pay off for all of you and your GM will appreciate you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, put cool things in your background or have basically hooks or interesting things that your GM can find um, and that they can hook into easily. Um, so we've definitely talked about character backgrounds and stuff before. You don't need to have 20 pages. Uh, please don't make me read 20 pages. But if you give me a list of bullet points of important things, um, or even if you just give me as a GM, I, I really like this one too, right? Like, there's a mystical sword in my family's background, and I don't know what it does. Awesome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it from here. That is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right? Um, and then the the last one that I actually wrote down is just to take notes, right? Because, like, that's actually, it's something that I personally, as a player, am terrible at. And I'll just admit that straight up. But being the person who just jots things down so that you kind of keep track of that stuff and help the GM out in terms of what happened last time um, and, like, where you were, what you were planning, all of those things is really great and really helpful. Um, and as a GM, I super appreciate it. So I, I think do that's too. of yeah, that's a gift. I mean, it's it is a gift of your time and energy to take those notes and and be that record keeper. Yeah, and 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 you don't have to take all the notes, and you don't have to take super exclusive notes. I mean, I think it runs on a continuum. I um, oh yeah, um, I will take very like I will take like maybe an index card or two of notes during the course of mm-hmm. a session, but it is often enough that when we you know when we meet up again because we play typically bi-weekly when we meet up two weeks later and i look at the card and i start to read it i'm like oh yeah, oh, yeah. right and it rings bells and then and and usually and, and this is my big tip if you're gonna if you're going to take any kind of notes for your game uh do future you a favor when you're writing the end at the end of the evening That's write favorite, yeah. what the next what, thing what you, you were going next? to do <laughs> yes that's what I always write down is right. like if I write nothing else down but I've actually the, so this is the terrible thing about my crew right now is like we've all gotten terrible about taking notes but like when at least still takes notes except that at this point he just writes down the funniest things that we say right so the next session we just sort of reconstruct what happened based on the funniest things that we said <laughs> it, it, it's really good if you um, if you if you just write a few like little notes to jog your memory and write the the thing I'm going to do next, or yeah. we're go- like we're going well, we to the ab- temple. We were about to do. Yeah, this. It, it is a yeah. huge help because it is the hardest part of coming back from a, um, you know, coming back into a session is like once it gets rolling, it's rolling. Yeah. But kind of remembering like where you are where and then were what we? were you about to do? <laughs> if you yeah. just if you can fill in that piece. It makes yeah. everything else so much easier for the GM. It is a real gift, actually. 
Yes. Um, no, it is a, it's a gift. I'm telling it you. It is a real it is a real gift and I appreciate it. I don't expect it from my players. I ha- like our social contract is such that our lives are really complicated and I don't really expect my players to be able to um, recant every moment of what happens. I keep my own notes as a GM while I'm playing. Um, and I also put in the what's going to happen next in like mm-hmm. I have a thing at the end of my notes that says next session. So that I also am aware. But if the players beat me to the punchline, then I'm just like, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that certainly doesn't cover everything that you can do for each other as GMs and players. But hopefully that's just some tips like, hey, be super good to each other and give each other presents in the form of being good gamers and you don't have to do that during the holidays you can do that anytime you should do it all year round just hold the holiday spirit of gaming in your heart (laughs) and your heart and keep it with you all the year through okay um or else you will be visited by the three ghosts (laughs) of gaming um gaming past gaming present and gaming future uh fantastic so our next question came to us from um from Kaloom from the Released Podcast. Um, he asked, um, or he specifically said on Twitter, I miss somewhat crunchier games, and yet I'm bad at reading rule books. Mm-hmm. Any advice or method to read rule books efficiently and learn new game systems beyond waiting for someone to run it like the Yes, gauntlet? yes. I mean, that is always the best one if you can get to somebody else to run it for you. But okay, I- I'm going to take, I'm gonna take you, this you one can... because this is not your specialty. It is not my specialty, but I will tell you my one thing I'm going to throw out here yes. is if you can find an actual play of it, then you don't I, have to I, find I'm going to stick to the it. actual request, right? Of course, if you can find you an go. actual play, that will help. You go. But, you but go. You but have... I've learned so many games from one shot. <laughs> yes. And sometimes you even know the rules. Um, sometimes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so here you go. You are going to play a game that is some sort of medium crunch, maybe heavy crunch. Uh, and you are um, you, you, like, and if you're like me, and I'm going through this right now because I'm reading Cyberpunk Red, um, which is like a medium crunch game compared to you know a lot of stuff that I've been playing over the last couple of years, and so I'm like, okay, how do I tackle this thing, right? So the first thing is one, the book's going to be big, so you're going to be you're going to be reading a lot of stuff. So try to one very quickly sort out what is stuff that you should know versus what is stuff that you can look up, right? So like, you know, you start looking at the character stuff and you get into like skill descriptions. Like, do I really need to know these skill descriptions really well? No, I just Mm -hmm. like, let me read the names. Let me just kind of like lightly read some of the descriptions. Good, I can look those up later. Ah, list of cybernetics. Do I need to know these? No, I do not. Totally can look these up later, flip through, go, go forward. Same thing if you're reading like Numenera. Do I need to read through all the ciphers? You do not. Just flip through them and keep going. Okay. The, ne- the piece that you want to find, if you are looking at any kind of modern game, a modern contemporary game, right? Something from like right around, like, you know, in the last 10 years, um, even crunchy games are going to have a core mechanic, a like core task resolution like when you want to make a skill check shoot a person drive a car whatever it's going to be this like this type of role this is the section you want to slow down and you really want to you really want to ingest right so in Numenera 
it's the um, how to set difficulties and roll the d20. And in Cyberpunk, it's you know there are these diff- there's these numeric difficulty levels, and it's a d10 plus um, uh, stat plus skill. Um, and then you know usually there's a bunch of stuff that's kind of around it, like you know bonuses, like you know these things make skills easier, these things make the skill checks harder, or whatever. Learn this core mechanic, right? Spend some time. Uh, it is usually either its own chapter or it is it comes up the first time that the rules have to explain how to do something often like a skill check like oh when you need to make a skill check this is how you make a skill check all right so once you have learned the core mechanic most modern games everything else is a variant or a bolt like either a variant of or bolted onto this core mechanic so once you've got this piece down you know if you then get to the chapter on space combat like you're going to find out that space combat is a whole series of checks. Well, now you know how to do the checks. So now you're just looking being like, okay, there's a control role. There's a role if you want to do uh, maneuvers. And again, maneuvers, not a thing that you have to, um, not a thing you have to have memorized, right? Because now you know that maneuvers are a role. And you and same thing, like when you get to combat, it's gonna be the exact same way. You're gonna get to combat and you're gonna find out that rolling to hit is like rolling another like another skill, and then you're gonna learn like um the next thing you wanna learn is the um the task economy of the game. Almost all games have a task economy, and to be honest, most of them are uh attack, move, and a free action kind of thing. There's only a handful that deviate greatly from that but you can almost always find that in the game, in the rules. Uh, so again, what you're looking for is find that core mechanic, learn, read through the other subsystems. And then if the game is like really chunky, like I remember the first D 20 star Wars game had like um, skill, skill resolution, combat, f- um, vehicle combat, spaceship combat. Like these were whole chapters, right? When I brought the game to the table, I told the players, I'm like, uh, first of all, I had like one or two sessions, like, like just throw to throw away sessions with the players where I was like, cool, here's some NPCs. We're just going to have a gunfight. Like, we're just going to practice. We're going to practice shooting each other and do the same thing. We're going to practice flying some X-Wings. And then when you roll the game out to play it, don't feel like you have to put all the subsystems in. Uh, in in game one, right? So in game one, have a shootout in the cantina and maybe like, you know, and maybe make some skill checks to, you know, um, get onto your ship and get off planet and then don't do any space combat. And then come back, you know, after you've kind of gotten comfortable with those mechanics, then have a, you know, then have a, you know, maybe your next session is, okay, cool, we're in space, cool space combat day. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. You d- space combat day <laughs> i mean you do these things in chunks right like because it's a lot to learn so build upward right and so start small skill skill checks are the simplest thing in most games right start small skill skill checks combat uh maybe magic slash force powers whatever you know what i mean like and build um and yeah just remember like these big chunky uh, rule books are full of a lot of stuff that you don't need to have memorized and just learn how to discern which chapters like Numenera is a great example of this Numenera is a chunk of a book right like it is just 
450 something pages. The actual rules for the game are like 20 pages in the middle of the book. <laughs> like there's a gazetteer. Don't have to uh-huh. memorize that. There's no. like uh, three chapters of Numenera. Like familiarize yourself. There's a bestiary. Skim it. Um, there's jamming advice. Slow down. Read the jamming advice. Like, <laughs> like, because the jamming advice was really good because the first part of it tells you how to run the system. Like, yes. Um, so yeah, that's my that's that's my advice. Is um, uh, you want to build I, upward. Can I add one thing to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing that I would add to that is uh, that this is a really good time to make cheat sheets as you read. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like to just jot down like these are the key things that I need to remember and functionally have in front of me all the time in the game because that also <laughs> helps you distill that knowledge that you're, you know, basically that you're talking about right now in terms of pulling out the key items. And then it leaves aside all the stuff that you can look up. But then you can have that stuff in front of you. You don't have to memorize it, right? Yep. One of the things I really like in uh, the cyberpunk book is that um, they have these, um, I I don't even know the, I don't even, I'll have to ask Tim what the layout term is, but they'll have like a a box in the middle of the text where the font is much bigger and bold and they will put like the rule (laughs) <laughs> right yeah. like like they had it in the text above it as you were reading but like but when you get to that section thing. you will see it like yeah. as a like box and you're like right that is the basic skill check this is yeah. the opposed skill check cool um yeah you know you're gonna want to flag tables uh, making cheat sheets is great uh if you look on gnome stew many 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 years ago i wrote a whole thing on um on making your own cheat sheets we that's, might have talked about it before. Ugh, we might I'm have sure been inside of another it. topic, but <laughs> I'm sure I don't know. It. I'm sure I did a show on it somewhere. Search the misdirected mark site, but I guarantee you if you search the Gnome Stew <laughs> site, you will find you'll find the same thing. I'm notorious for doing them. I made my own um uh Blades in the Dark and Scum and Villainy cheat sheets because I did not like the ones that came with the game. I did not find them helpful, and so I just made my own. Um yes. and made that and they made and it made it much easier for me. Uh, to run that game. Yeah, I run um, actually one last job off of cheat sheets that I made. And um, ooh, there was something else that I made one for recent, more recently, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, but we should move on. Yes. We have a very important last topic. It is the Christmas season. Yes. And I'm a huge fan of Christmas music, right? In the past, <laughs> I have, you know, like, I'm, like on my home server, I have many, many gigs of Christmas music that I have over the years acquired. Um, but you know, now I like, I just get all my stuff from streaming services. So I just, you know, either make my own playlist or pull playlists. Um, and of course I'm a huge fan of the ditch lilies as you know, we are, um, co-presidents, co-presidents of, the, yeah, of the fan club. Still. And up to this point, we have never discussed the ditch lilies Christmas album. Yeah. It's sort of wild that we missed it. I know. Because everybody in the 90s had one. <laughs> oh, every, every, and NSYNC had one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody had Everybody had one. So, I'm, like, how have we not discussed this before? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was a very 90s thing to do was to cut your own Christmas album. Yes. Um, holiday album. Like, yeah. we don't have I mean, to be. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have to be specifically Christmas. Um, yeah. So, so, 
the Digitalities did this. I, I think we just never talked about it because I think we just never talked about the Digitalities during Christmas yeah, time. Right, otherwise, during the holiday season. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know how we would have missed this, right? Right, so right. what's the album called? Tell <laughs> people. Called, yeah, yeah. So it's called Crowding Under the Mistletoe. Right. Um, and it is, it's mostly a compilation of um, some traditional songs, right? Oh, I and mean, with, you know, you yeah. can't, you can't do, um, you can't, you can't do a Christmas album without doing some classics, right? Right, right, right. I mean, there is my my personal favorite, and I know that it's different from your personal yep. favorite. My personal favorite is actually Lily. Actually, Lily, 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 yeah, yeah. Lily. Li, li. <laughs> How many Lilies can I say in one sentence? My personal favorite is actually Lily's rendition of "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Oh, that's a really I'm a big good fan. One. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, that's totally good. Um, I like. Uh, I have two favorites. Um, yeah, yeah. I have two favorites. So one, I really enjoy. Um, I enjoy Lily's "Oh Holy Night." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for sure. that song anyway. I just yeah, like if it's done well, I really like it. And and hers is like a little more folksy. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like I mean, some, the, the the whole album tilts a little more folksy than yeah. some of the rest of their stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think of like classic "Oh Holy Night," like Celine Dion's "Oh Holy Night" is like the high bar, which I hold all um, <laughs> all versions of "Oh Holy Night." Like fair, good. I mean, okay. her high notes are like beyond right like you know no one else hits those notes anyway um the other one i like um just because it's um i think more fitting for the times and it was the song that um no doubt also did which was oi to the world yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, i'm always like i love fun right yeah it's a good you know ska punk kind of sound thing yeah that one is not as folksy (laughs) no no but it's (laughs) fun like that's a that's more their standard sound yeah yeah but the real gem of this album. Yeah. Is the title the track. The title song. Right. And this is an original. This is a Ditch Lilies original. While the other ones are just cl- covers of classic and, you know, n- and not so classic Christmas songs, Crowding Under the Mistletoe is actually a Ditch Lilies original Christmas song. Yeah. And it's got yeah. a little bit of a history to it's- it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's one of those songs that like, I mean, the song is good, right? Oh, I like, love it. I love it. But I think that it's better known for the history behind it than it is for the song itself. I mean, I'll be truthful. It could be a country. It could be a country western song. It could be <laughs> like a, it could be a country western song based on how it um, how it plays out, right? So, so it 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 starts at a period where um, Lily is not dating anyone. I know, which is shocking, isn't it? Right, but has I mean, that doesn't feelings. happen very often. Yeah, right. She's, that. That happens a lot. Though. That happens a lot, and she, <laughs> she, she winds up, you know, at the point where she's writing this. And I don't think she wrote it. Um, I think she wrote it around Christmas time one year, like you know, probably the year before the album got released. Right, right. Because um, because the song's about a Christmas party. Yeah, um, but and, she, and it it's kind of the story of the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's the story of the Christmas party. So I'll set it up. Lily Spoiler. is single, and yep. she's crushing on both. Michelle and Megan, um, but hasn't asked out either one yet. Right. And and then she has too much to drink. Yes. And and <laughs> in her drunkenness, what does she do? She asked. So she asked them both um, separately. separately. Yeah. Right. So she ran into both of them and asked each of them separately to meet her under the mistletoe that was apparently hanging somewhere at this party. Right? Correct. In a door frame. Um, and um, at which point, 
They what did. actually happened is they did. They both went to meet Lily under the mistletoe. The problem is that Lily wasn't there. Correct. It was just Megan and Michelle at the same time under the mistletoe. <laughs> and so Megan and Michelle are standing there under the mistletoe and are kind of swept up in the moment. And they wind up kissing. Yes. And they wind up dating for the next year. Yeah, it, they were dating for a long time. Right. So they wind up kissing and then kind of leaving the party. And now, um, now Lily's like Lily goes to the mistletoe and no one's there. No one's there. <laughs> and she right. can't find Megan or Michelle right. anywhere because they're gone. <laughs> they're, they're having their own Christmas holiday celebration somewhere. Yes. And dejected. She uh, scoops up. Um, she scoops up a bottle of liquor and sits down on the couch and has a little more to drink. Right, kind of, um, kind of drowning her, you know, emotions. Um, and uh, Ashley finds her. Yeah, which is cute because right. this is the story of how Lily and Ashley started dating. Yes. <laughs> um, which and is so, delightful. Um, but but so they did end up dating for a while too. But that's so the the the, the beginning of the song is pretty like hopeful, upbeat, and it's about like being in love and like ha- that bubbly feeling. And then the chorus is about like basically like they met without me under the mistletoe and they left. <laughs> right. And it takes so the, a kind of a downer, it right? Takes like a downer. But then like we get a little bit more story in the next couple of verses and then it it sort of it goes up again at the end and then the words in the chorus actually change to like I met her under the mistletoe and like cuz then she took Ashley over the mistletoe yes. and they kissed, right? So it's cute though. It's, it's cute. It's a really cute story. Um it all worked out in the end um, in terms of like no one like like Lily wasn't mad at Michelle or Megan. Right. Like she hadn't really confessed her feelings to either no, one of them. She was just it crushing. Was, it was her plan. Right. And, <laughs> and, as it, and as it turned out before the band um, before the band retired, um, she would date both of them anyway. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So it was uh, it's a fun little it's a fun little Christmas song. It's got like it's got a nice little story to a little up and down. Um to it uh and it ends on you know it ends on a sweet note yeah so yeah i like that one yeah it's, it's good cute it's good it's a fun it's a fun it's a fun tune um it's hard to find i'm gonna tell you you can't find it on streaming services yeah. um it was uh the disc was uh the disc was never in stores it was recorded and it was sold uh at their concerts out of the back of their van so yep that like, was either it. you have one or you um, don't you did i know for a while it was up on napster but um but that's you know that's not a thing you're gonna you're gonna find so you're really gonna have to do some digging if you want to find um if you want to find crowding under the mistletoe yeah yep and that's a little it's it's deep cuts yeah that's a little ditchly trivia there for you um (laughs) and that is our gift to you yes (laughs) happy uh, holidays (laughs) yeah happy holidays and after we have given our holiday gifts um it is time for us uh to uh, get back into the into the chimney, uh, climb back up, take our sleigh, and ride off into the night, spreading uh, role-playing knowledge and uh, holiday joy for all the good girls and boys. Yes. And maybe even a few of you bad ones. <laughs> on, 
on uh, especially Blitzen if you view bad ones and Baggin and Comet and Cupid. Um, and in order to do that, we have to reach the end of the show. And the way that we reach the end of the show is Senda makes up something about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Boy, I sure do. Um, let's see. Uh, on Bonus Experience, you can listen to two awesome queer gals talking about awesome game stuff. They're hilarious. They like sparkling water. And their editor is fake. But we love her. <laughs> She's um, she's uh she's a great fake editor. Yes. Um good. Yeah, so totally check out Bonus Experience. Um I love them. I love them a lot. Say Senda. <laughs> yes. How do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com or you can drop us an email panda at misdirectedmark.com and Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Uh you can and you should, and we highly encourage you to uh, leave us a question, a topic, something that you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, we really pride ourselves on doing the show about the things that matter to you. Uh, our job is not only to um, entertain you, but is to actually help you uh, run better games or play better games. And we want to really do that. And the way we do that is by taking the things that you need and giving them to you. Uh, so um, hit us up the Twitter or wherever, you know, the many places that you can find us, the forums, the Slack room. If you're a patron, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and give us night give us some ideas. We love them. We absolutely love them. I love doing them. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to how we pick them. It's whatever sticks. So don't feel bad if, you know, some, it, it there's no, it, literally no rhyme or reason. I just, you know, we throw them out and I'm like, Ooh, that one. And then we do that one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's, it's just whatever, it's whatever sparks some ideas. But anyway, we love to do that stuff. So please, please, please um, send us those ideas. We we're like, I think about 95%, um, uh, 95% listen generated content. Yes. The other 5% we reserve for things like Ditch Lily trivia and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you like what we do here elsewhere in the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign if that is a thing that you are able to do. The um, the Patreon campaign can be found at uh, patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, your patronage helps to make all of this possible, right? Like there are expenses to running podcasts. You know, we got to, uh, we need servers, we need space, backups, equipment, replacement cables, all those things. Um, I'm launching a new show. Yeah, I launching mean, a new, yeah, I'm that's not a huge run one. It, right, but like I'm launching a new show and I want to make sure that I can give them Yeah, that's huge, whatever right? support like, they need to make sure everybody has mics and stuff. Like I don't want them to yeah. have to buy their own things. Absolutely. Like that's a you know, that's another thing. <laughs> Bootstrap bootstrapping new shows. Um those are all things that your patronage provides and it is a thing that we greatly appreciate. Uh if you are a patron um or become a patron of the show, um you get access to um the after show for this show. Which used to be the bonus outtakes, but we don't edit anymore, so they're not outtakes. <laughs> they're not. They weren't. Yeah, no. I didn't take the outtakes out of the show. Yeah, anymore. now we just now it's just us talking about more. Now we stuff. just talk about things. Um, the misdirected Mark after show uh, as well. You get access to the Slack room for life, which I can't say enough nice things about. I love the Slack room. I love the people in the Slack room. I love talking to everybody on Slack. Um, part of that Slack room experience is if you um, are working from home on Fridays at uh, twelve thirty Eastern, whatever that translates into your time zone. Uh, you can just join us uh, in our Zoom luncheon. 
I say luncheon because I'm the one who's hosting it and I'm eating lunch during it. <laughs> yes, um, it is second breakfast for me. <laughs> exactly. You you pick what meal is relevant in your time zone and come join us. Um, we'd love to have you there. We really enjoy having... Um, I, we have a, a crew of regulars and then uh, we are often surprised as people pop in. Um, it's great. It's oh, it's so much around. fun when someone I'm, pops in. I've actually gotten to meet some new people and it's been really fantastic. It, it's been it's really cool when we actually get to put a face to yes, uh, names, to names that we know from either Twitter or from the Slack room. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, even if you can't come all the time and you just like pop in for one, because I don't know, you just, you're, you took the Friday off in your home or something you want to pop in, whatever it, you like anytime you're, you're not committed to come to all of them, but you know, we love when people show up. We're not going to do it on Christmas though, right? We are. Yeah. I'll talk about, I'm going to actually talk about that on Friday with, uh, with everyone. We're going to do one Christmas Eve. On the Thursday. So that uh, might be another okay. thing. Well, so like, that's the thing that you should say now, because this is the episode. Yeah, if you are listening right now, we are going to do it. If you're a patron, we're going to put up the information, but we're going to do our luncheon on Thursday, uh, Christmas Eve. So if you're home on Christmas Eve, come join us for like an hour or so while we, you know, eat lunch and have fun and stuff like that. Anyway, um, the patronage. If uh, you are able to be a patron, we appreciate it greatly. If you're unable to be a patron, that is okay. There is still a thing you can do for us. I'm not going to go into the big, long spiel like I do most shows, but uh, what we need is your help for people to hear us. Um, we already assume that um, after you've listened to us, you've told everybody about us. So <laughs> if you've done that, we thank you already. And if you haven't done that, please, you know, spread the word. Uh, but there's one more thing. One more thing. Sorry, my little Hamilton moment. <laughs> like one more time but one last time is actually the song from hamilton which i love by the way we'll yeah. talk about that in the after show okay. anyway there's one more thing you can do um that helps us uh it helps us with strangers um helps people who you don't know and we don't know find us and hear about us because again if you listen to us you will love us um and that just works so um we just help we need your help funneling people into that in you know into that um space and uh that's by leaving reviews where um you you said mostly all of the things this time on apple podcasts or the podcatcher yep. of your choice mm -hmm. um new reviews really do actually help the fun little algorithm and i'm just gonna say this as a generalization when we talk about gifts for um holidays and that sort of thing one of the best <laughs> ways that you can give a gift to a podcaster is by leaving them a review so whether that's our show or you've already left a review for our show if you go forth and leave some reviews for your favorite podcasts you will make people's days and they will love you that's so facts. So just, you know, a thing to think about. It doesn't cost anything and you can leave them in lots of different places. Us personally, we love to hear about it because we can't track all of those places and it's not like they send you an alert. So like ping us on Twitter or something. Just let us know. We'll go read it wherever it is. You know, if it's on like Podchaser or it's on like podcast or like wherever, just tell us where it is. Super helpful. We'll go read it. <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah, and thanks to everybody who's already left a review. We we really, really, really do appreciate them. Hey, Senda. Yeah. Show me what gift you're going to get your GM in your next game. Oh, I am the GM right now. Oh, <laughs> what gift are you going to give your players? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what
See, I was relying on the tap to click, and it just didn't tap. And so this time I actually like That was click, an aborted click. click. Mm-hmm. That happens good. from time to time. All right. I look like I'm good. <laughs> Waveforms look good. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna record so we can head into gonna, an after show. We're going we're gonna to do this. Bloop. Boom. 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 <laughs> 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 